Welcome to Ethics in the Naval Warrior. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. My guest is the former director of the Naval Academy Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership and the Academy's first distinguished military professor of leadership. He's a retired Marine colonel, former brigade commander here at Navy, and he served as a White House fellow under President Ronald Reagan. Colonel Athens currently invests in leaders around the country through his speaking, writing, consulting, and coaching. Art, welcome to the show. Well, Michael, it's always good to be with you to talk about important subjects, so I'm, uh, I'm ready to spend time with you. Well, let's go ahead and get that time rolling here, and the topic is humility. I'm going to take the contrarian view. Isn't humility about low self-regard and a sense of unworthiness? Michael, I think that's a common way of thinking about humility. Uh, I think people I've spoken to often have that reaction when they hear the word humility. I personally do not think that that's what it really refers to. Certainly the Latin background of humilis, which does mean lowly or on the ground, could give one the impression of that. But I actually see it more of an attitude of selflessness, uh, an attitude of how can I actually serve other people and invest in other people. Uh, My favorite quote when people do ask about, well, isn't it meaning letting people walk all over you and not holding people to high standards, et cetera, as a leader? I think about C.S. Lewis, who is uh, quoted as saying, humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less. So I think that's uh, that wraps it up in that the idea of we can be bold and we can be confident and we can be professional, but the question is, is whether we're more curved in on ourselves, as some previous theologians would, would say, in curvetus and say, or whether we're actually curved outward towards other people. And, and I think we can be that humble person and be curved outward interested in seeing how we can actually serve others. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, I get that, Art, but we're leaders here. Doesn't leadership require a strong ego? <laughs> well, again, I, I think a lot of people feel that, sense that. I think sometimes they see people who have big egos that seem to be, that seem to be successful, but I still don't believe that. I, I, I still believe that, that we can be very effective leaders and be humble. And as a matter of fact, I think the most effective leaders are, are actually humble. There, there's a quote that, uh, that I often think about that's by one of our predecessors in the Marine Corps, General Vandegrift, who was the division commander at Guadalcanal. And it was once, uh, once said about him that he's so polite and soft-spoken that he's constantly disappointing the people whom he meets. They find him lacking in the fire-eating traits they like to expect of all Marines and find it difficult to believe that such a mild-mannered man could really have led and won the bloody fight at Guadalcanal. Not only did he win it, he received the Medal of Honor for his, his leadership. And I remember when I read that quote, because I think that when I was a young lieutenant, Michael, and you might have felt the same way, I felt I needed to like portray some bravado to almost pull up this ego so that people would follow me. And, and I learned that that just was not true. There were too many leaders that I either read about or met that had this quality of humility, but still were professional, bold, 
confident, et cetera. You know, I like what you're saying about General Vandegrift. Tell me, tell me the impact on individuals and teams and organizations uh, when you lack humility as a leader, when there's no humility present. Well, I think we all have our stories about having, you know, having bosses that way, and we could certainly devise our own lists when it comes to what the impact is. I think there are long lists that go with what happens, uh, just taking the individual himself or herself. I think one of the things that happens to them is they become blind. Uh, they, they don't see this problem of being arrogant, and often it actually leads to humiliation. When we are walking along the cliff with our eyes so far in front and our heads so big that we actually take the trip over the edge, I think that is one of the things that happens to individuals who have this really, again, I think the best word to describe it is arrogance or maybe the Greek word of hubris. And I think those people are also, when we think of the ethical dimension, much more likely to compromise their integrity because they're mainly thinking about themselves. And, and I remember reading a number of the, of the IG reports of senior officers in the Navy and Marine Corps that, that fell in one way or another, typically a moral compromise. But if you really pulled the chain on it, you, you would find that it really was this ego problem that caused them to feel like, hey, these rules really don't apply to me, or hey, I've given a lot to this organization, you know, I deserve a little bit of a break, or most of them feel I'm so smart, no one will ever catch me. So I think on the individual side, those are some of the things that happen to the team that's under this leader. I, I think of three D's that happen to them, discouragement, disillusionment, and disengagement. I, I've seen it over and over again in working with organizations and, and leaders. And I feel like when that there's one of these arrogant individuals who's who's commanding a unit or leading a team, that those under them never reach their full potential. And I don't think that individual reaches their full potential either. So when I'm sometimes asked about, well, what about X, Y, or Z? And you can put the name in of someone who has that hubris and you know they seem to be accomplishing the mission and the rest. I've come to the conclusion that those people could have been that much better as leaders if they actually had this attribute, this, this virtue of, of humility. And again, those under them might have helped them accomplish the mission, but there was so much more they would have done if they had a leader that, that cared more about them than he or she did about themselves. Art, this is really good stuff, but let me let me change our focus for a second and, and talk about the follower. As a follower, what should I look for in a leader who is humble as opposed to a leader who may be indecisive or weak or confused? Sure. Well, as a follower, I think we're always evaluating our our leaders. I I think everybody has their thought of what are the what are the primary fundamentals of leadership? And, and I always consider them in, in three C's, competence, courage, and compassion. And, and this actually comes from a, from a story that I won't share right now, but from a mentor of mine when I first came into the Marine Corps and, and, and he wanted to talk about the fundamentals with me. And this is something he learned from a gunnery sergeant that he worked for when he was in his first platoon. 
And the gunnery sergeant said that everybody who's following you are going to be asking three questions about you. The first question is, do you know your job or you're striving hard to learn it? The second question they're going to ask is, will you make the hard but right decision, even if it costs you personally? And number three, do you care as much about us as you care about yourself, which is the default for all people? And, and I think that's at least one way to evaluate those that are above us. You know, are they competent? Are they courageous, which goes with the integrity piece? And are, and are they compassionate? And I would add to that is, you know, are we accomplishing the mission, not just for the benefit of that leader, but for the benefit of the of the whole? So I think we would be wise to pick some kind of set of standards to guide us as we look at our at our leaders and look to see whether all those three components are in place or whatever your list happens happens to be. Because I would argue that if someone is a humble leader, then that, that drives right into those three C's. Because if it's all about us, at some point, we're just not that interested in our competency anymore. We, we hit a plateau. We say, well, I've already done this a million times. I know how it works. So we're just not that interested in growing as a, as a leader. If you think about humility with the integrity piece, again, I think that when we don't have humility, there's a much greater chance that we're going to compromise our integrity because it's, it's about us. And I think it's impossible to have true compassion and concern for other people if it's all about me. So whatever your set of standards are of what leaders are supposed to be, I would judge that leader on those on those characteristics. And again, I would say that if a leader truly is humble, then it's going to be demonstrated in the proper competence, courage, and compassion. Is there a way for leaders to assess whether they have the requisite humility to lead effectively? I think it is very challenging and difficult uh, because I think our tendency is to say we're doing fine in this area without thinking very deeply about it. I, I really do believe that self-assessment uh, is not sufficient to just kind of stand back and go, let's see, humility? Yeah, I'm, I'm good on that one. As a matter of fact, I think it's probably my my strongest trait. Well, okay, there's a problem there. So I think we have to look for other ways to do this assessment. And a lot of it is going to require other people to provide input to us. I actually, uh, Michael, have something that I, I developed uh, quite a few years ago now. It's not copyrighted or whatever you do with these kinds of things. And it's also based on no, no studies, no data, no science, nothing. I just, I just made it up. But I was concerned about this very question. And so I began to write down, well, what are some symptoms when I might be on the, on the, on the wrong side of this equation between humility and, and hubris? So I, I, I ended up with 15 statements and, and I put it into a piece of paper and I gave myself three columns that are almost never occasionally or frequently. I have it in front of me. I'll read just a couple of them. I'm resistant to receiving help from others. So is that true of me almost never occasionally or frequently? By the way, I do this every four months. So I do it three times a year. Uh, I'm reluctant to tell others I'm wrong. I'm offended when others correct me. I'm self-conscious in public, overly concerned about what others think of me. Uh, another one, when meeting new people, I spend more time telling about myself than asking questions to learn about them. 
when someone's telling a story, I'm beginning to think about the story I want to tell rather than listening carefully to the story being told. So there's 15 items and these three columns, almost never, occasionally, or frequently. So I, I do this uh, on this regular basis. But the most important part is to then, after I've made my marks, is give it to my wife of 42 years to have her not do it for her, but for her to look at what I put down so that there is some outside influence on, on how I'm really considering this subject. So I, this is a tool that, 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 I, that I use. I, I also remember this story about the MBA students that were at one of those prestigious universities that puts out great MBA, and it's not your alma mater. <laughs> it's a, one on the East Coast the and the North. <laughs> Well, in the Northeast, and if I named its name, everyone would know it. But they had uh, a leadership course, like most MBA programs do, is a three-credit course. They were in an auditorium together, and and uh, at the end of the class, they would walk out of the classroom, and a cleaning woman would come in because it was the last class of the day, and the cleaning woman would be the one to tidy it up before the next day. So that happened all semester long, students out, cleaning woman in, the end of the semester comes, the prof hands out the final exam. And of course, the only question on the final exam is, what's the cleaning woman's name? Of which no one knew, because they never asked her. So he gave him, you know, he gave him another lecture on leadership of leaderships about people. And you're telling me none of you had, you know, asked her. So I, I this is another test I give myself, I call it the MBA test. And, and that is, there are always people on the periphery of our main mission. Uh, they probably don't work for us, uh, but they're doing things that are around us. And they're people, and they have stories, and, and they're important people. And the question is, do we stop and talk to them? Do we ask them their name? Do we you know, express some gratitude or hear their story? And, and I just realize when, it, when it's too much about me, I, I don't even notice those people. And, and so it's another test, like, okay, who is on the periphery there that you don't even know their name, you, you don't know anything about them? Uh, and the other one uh, is when there's an opportunity to have one of these 360 evaluations where those above, below, and, you know, on the sides uh, say, say comments about you, uh, that can sometimes show some uh, aspects where Hey, this isn't going as well as I as well as I thought. So I have come to the conclusion that if a leader is serious about the importance of humility, they need to find ways to do some of this evaluation that's more than just stepping back and saying, Yeah, I, I got it. I'm 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 humble. Because the most arrogant people don't see it at all. So if we don't want to get to that stage, I think it requires some type of a daily, weekly, monthly something routine. Art, that's a very, very good case study on the importance of people and leadership. Thank you very much for joining us. It has been a pleasure. It, it always is to be with you, Michael, and, and I appreciate what you're doing there at the Stockdale Center. You've been listening to Ethics in the Naval Warrior, produced by the Boeing Leadership Innovation Lab at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. You can find more of our podcasts by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu.